On this episode, we're talking about the simplest ways you can manage your money. We're here to talk about bread, lettuce, cheese, dead presidents, green. It's just money, man. It's just money. Hi, welcome to It's Just Money. You've got your doctor. Dr. Matt Anderson, PhD in psychology. Your creative. Raul Contreras, filmmaker and designer. And I'm Jared Stafis, an entrepreneur with a master's in personal finance. Ultimately, this podcast is about people and their relationship with money. We really have an issue in, in, in America in general with, with the idea. I mean, the numbers are just relatively hard to believe that 78% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you think about it, it's just it's hard to imagine. That's true. A lot of times you feel like when that's you, because I've been there, that like you're alone. And I think somehow then it's like you can kind of focus on you and your circumstances. Maybe you feel better because you know some other people are doing it, but at the same time, you just feel like now your group is the minor, minority, but it's actually the majority. Mm. I think that would change the way people viewed it, maybe. When my wife and I first got married, you know, we were in grad, graduate school, and then I took a year off, and, and then I went to my PhD and wasn't there for six years. So most you know, our first eight years of marriage pretty much were me in graduate school, so, which you don't make a lot of money in graduate school. And so, um, things were pretty tight and we had three kids in that process. And so trying to figure out, and we were like always trying to figure out how to manage money and, you know, and the early on we made, I think made some financial decisions that we regret, particularly taking out student loans to kind of live on because it was so easy and I justified it with other things, but then having to pay it off. But so we would just try different things. We tried the cash, Dave Ramsey style. We tried all these different different ways of doing it, but it always kind of fallen off because they were just too complicated. We kind of somehow kept on like surviving, but it was just really was chaotic in our finances. But then when I heard, actually, I think it was like a one of those, like my bank send out, you know, they send out like blogs or whatever. And one of them was how to like budget simply. And it, struck me because the biggest thing was, okay, you have your fixed expenses, which is how much you, you know, paying for mortgage or for rent or whatever, and all your utilities and stuff. That's pretty much the same every month. You know what that is. And you should actually just get two checking accounts. One checking account is for just that. And the other checking account is for your spending, food, entertainment, whatever is going out of that. And so you don't spend the money you need to pay your bills. And so we did that. And that was like brought some kind of order and sanity to our finances because I can hold a lot of stuff in my head, but my wife can't read what's in my head. Surprisingly, you know, I thought it was just floating up there, but, and so trying to figure out over time, like how do we do this simply together? 50%, about 50% should be your expenses, like your fixed expenses, like, you know, bills and rents or mortgage and all those fixed things. And then about 30% should be about your spending. You should ideally be saving 20. And some of that could be, you know, extra payments towards debt and stuff. Well, and I love that too, because that supports, we went over already, you know, the people who actually got rich, oh, the, right. they, they saved at least 20%, the frugal savers. I mean, that really right. supports the frugal saver who, who, can, who can make it there, mm-hmm. who can get ahead. Right, right. And so... It may, so in that sense, it, it it was simplified, and then, then of course, I made it more complicated. 
(laughs) Because Excel exists. (laughs) Well, actually, how I did it was my bank allowed, I could open up almost endless amounts of um, savings accounts online. And then I could. You had a savings account for everything. Uh huh. Oh Oh. gosh. (laughs) And then I had automatic transfer. Nightmare. (laughs) And then I had an automatic transfer happening from where my check was deposited. So the day after my check was deposited, it would split it out. (laughs) I could just see all these little deposits 50 cents a year, dollar a year. (laughs) Oh, your poor wife. (laughs) Well, that actually was helpful because then instead of like, trying to track things. It's like, so when you spent it, you took it out of, it was kind of like the envelope system, but digitally mm-hmm. as in the, the accountant in you is freaking out, <laughs> but it's what I have a budget for. In <laughs> That's what we do. So we transitioned from that, which allowed us to do that to We use mint now to kind of manage it digitally. It's a great tip. How do we make frugality sexy? That's the real question. Uh, probably get different hosts. <laughs> Well, there's a whole movement already about people trying to make frugality, a whole fire thing or retire early. So there's like a, there's a subculture out there of it. Mm. Well, I mean, if there's a subculture, then it's less sexy, right? (laughs) They already ruined it. They already ruined it. They labeled it. That's the problem. (laughs) Easiest as in like you forget you even did this was like, you know, just a simple 401k. Like, Mm. and I, and I didn't realize until recently that when I, um, when I was uh, signing up for it initially at my job, I checked the box that raise it 1% every year. And so uh, now that I've been at my job for five years, I'm kind of like, holy crap. (laughs) It makes a huge difference. Right. Not to mention their match. Right. And so, I mean, it was just like, to me, what I would call a dumb mistake, even though it helped me out, you know, Mm -hmm. I just forgot about it and kind of looking on it's kind of cool. Yeah, some of that was government policy too. Uh, that they they're really trying to get people to save. The government is, so they actually created uh, like rules that like when people first sign up, they default in because mm-hmm. sometimes companies, of course, being companies and trying to increase their profit margins as much as possible, would attract employees by saying, "Hey, look, we have retirement benefits," but then like make it hard to sign them up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they actually start making rules like you have to sign them up, and then yeah. they get that match that way. And then there's stuff like that too. So that's fantastic. I love that. It really reminds me of a story, the prep kind of for different, you know, ideas. And I called a few people mm-hmm. and asked them, Hey, what are some money tips? And what did you do to make things simple for you? I called some people who are retired and some younger people. One of the younger people actually shared a very similar story where they just created two checking accounts. And that was like the most effective thing that they could do. Mm-hmm. And all of their liabilities came out of one. And then they were kind of choosing how to spend and how much to save out of the other. Hmm. And that was like, that was it. Right. When they finally figured that out, it was really effective. So that was interesting. Mm-hmm. For sure. My dad's actually uh, was one of the ones I talked to and, and, and his was interesting. Cause he's like, I remember different times. So these numbers don't apply as they do today, but you know, just thinking like, how, how would I save, you know, this $200 a month? I'm, I'm, I need everything I have. But at some point he starts saving $200 a month. And, and then he realized at the end of the year, like he didn't really notice he didn't have the money, hmm. which is kind of this 1% thing. You didn't really notice. And so then he was like, well, I guess I'll do $250. And he just kind of kept working it up mm-hmm. until it got to pretty significant numbers as, you know, you approach retirement and after years of employment. So kind of like your story. So I think that's a fantastic way to do it is to start with something smaller and just inch it up. Yeah. And then you actually step back and look at it and you're like, wow, that really works. And you never notice because two things are happening at once. 
you're making more money as you go. So you don't notice that you're saving more because you're making more mm -hmm. than you actually you know, contributed savings. And two, it just happens. Mm -hmm. So kind of goes back to your savings account. So I think mm -hmm. that both of those are great and actually line up very much so with, with much of the advice from when I talk to people. For me, I don't know where. I think my my wife recently identified me as a, she made me take some, some sort of test, some popular book uh -oh. now. I'm a rebel, apparently. <laughs> without like, a cause? With, without a cause. <laughs> with a lot of causes. Dude, f just being frugal is rebellious. <laughs> well, yeah, and, I, and I was very, and it actually is, was a, a very important part of my motivation, which is where I've drawn a lot of meaning, mm. is I've always wanted to be able to do what I wanted, when I wanted, the way I wanted. I'm like a huge team player. I love team. I love being a part of stuff. But there was a movie, and I, I just remember chuckling, and I was like, I love this line. It was, uh, I think it was called The Gambler with Mark Wahlberg. What's the large? John Goodman. I think I got the right name. What's the, the, large? the larger guy. <laughs> I love John Goodman. He's like awesome. Yeah, yeah. So John Goodman's in there. He's talking to Mark Wahlberg and he's basically goes, or you know what you need to be? You have to be in the FU position. And so Mark Wahlberg would put him in this position where he didn't have the money to cover stuff. And of course it creates lots of problems which is kind of 78% of America, apparently. And he said, you always have to have enough to be in the FU position. You can walk away. You have to be able to walk away. And I feel like that was always a really big part of the rebellious side is I didn't want to be beholden to a paycheck. Mm. It would control me. Mm -hmm. I remember when we first got married, I actually told my wife, don't marry me if you can't handle me deciding to make f less money and, 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 and for happiness or for some other, other motivation. Like I just, that that's a thing. And I remember her asking, what do you mean by less money? <laughs> <laughs> what, what is this number? She like straight up asked it. And I said, I don't know. It's the least amount I could imagine making at the time. Like, like I'd almost have to work less. And I was like, $20,000. And she actually struggled with that. And I was, I was like, okay, I don't, I don't know. Maybe more than that. That seems, <laughs> that seems likely here. I mean, I'm pretty sure minimum wage is going to get me pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you've got money questions. We've got money answers. It's just money live is coming up. Check out our Facebook page for details. Make sure you don't miss your opportunity to participate. All right, we'll see you then. Uh, but that was a big part of who I was. And so I, th I think there's a lot of legitimacy to each person kind of having their own goals. But for me, it was, I didn't want to be controlled by my financial circumstances to where I couldn't make decisions. Mm -hmm. Dude, you probably could have saved a lot of marriages. But if everyone <laughs> asked that question. <laughs> well, actually that was, one, that's that my, my, my big money, my, how to simply manage your money. My mm -hmm. big tip. Learn how to talk about money. Mm -hmm. Learn how to have a conversation with your spouse that's not a fight. Mm -hmm. That includes the topic of money. Because mm -hmm. I find so few, and I know this was highly supported in, in, in all of my uh, education when I really pursued the, the industry, was that like relationships and people and money, they just don't even go together. Like husband, wife, sure, share everything, talk about everything. Uh, but do you have any, I mean... Not that this is wrong, but there's a lot of people who just have to run two different financial lives in their household so their marriage works. 
And that's a, that's a good thing to do if that makes your family work. Right. At least in my opinion. So I think what you're saying is true. There's a, there's an aspect to the money talk, right? Because there's always some sort of, uh, I don't know what the word is. Could it be infidelity? Like for whoever makes the least, the less, uh, of your relationship or whatever the case, you know what I mean? Like in a couple? Yeah. In a, like, like as when in whoever makes less money, there's, right. there's like a, or spends more of it. And I'm not sure if that's the right word for it, but some sort of like insecurity or something. There's definitely insecurity, Security. especially a highly uh, shown with males. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's actually like hard for them. Right. When their wives make more money, which right. I was always like, isn't that like the best Bring on the, the sugar mama. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but the thing I, you talked about earlier before we started was when you budget, you don't budget what you're going to spend. You budget what you save first. And yes. then I don't care how much you spend. I want to know that you're saving. You yeah. said something like that. Yeah. So very dramatically. Yes. I, I am very passionate about that. So well, people always talk about budgets and I used to make, as we've identified, <laughs> I can tell you everywhere I've spent every dime, <laughs> including when somebody hands me cash, I like go home and log it real quick before I forget Wow. Despite all of this, I used to make <laughs> budgets and I don't make them anymore. So my wife and I sit down pretty much just annually at this point for, for this conversation. And we talk about how much we want to save that year. And then we kind of back figure. Like, I mean, at, at some point you have to accept whether that's legitimate or not. Like, can you achieve that? But really it's, and what we're actually talking about is here are our goals as of today for where we want to get to. And we talk more about the future. Um, you know, do we really want to retire? Do we want to retire young? Do we want to travel young? Do we ever want to be able to take a few years off? Do we want to have kids? So we kind of have those. So bigger topics, lots of conversation. But when it gets to the budgeting side, we pick how much we want to save. And then we have the rest. So then about eh, every couple of months, we'll sit down and we just review our spending. And we make sure we're on track for the amount we've saved and the amount we've spent are going to like work out that we achieve the saving. Mm-hmm. I don't care anymore where we spend the money. I don't care if we decide to go to, to too many movies or sign up for too many subscriptions and have music and Netflix and Hulu. But as soon as that starts getting in the way of the savings goal, which is the only one I care about, that's when I, we, we will sit down like, all right, what are we willing to sacrifice? Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I, to me, the whole conversation is really goes back to what you said just having your goals clear and having meaning to those goals, mm-hmm. deciding how much you're going to save to achieve those goals, and then pff, how you spend your money, who cares? So for me, what I'm taking away from this conversation is it kind of, kind of blew some of my categories. It was really thinking for the budget, the goal is the savings. So I don't know. I just hadn't really thought about it that way, Jared. So that kind of stood out for me. It's like, okay, if, if the savings is what helps me achieve my goals, then that's really the biggest, that's the most important part of the budget. Yeah. The only part that matters. Yeah. Which, you know, I mean, we're still tracking everything to make sure it works and stuff, but to really focus on, okay, as long as the savings isn't affected, we're good. Yeah. I mean, that's when you have to start introducing this, the sub budgeting when you're not achieving the goal. Like where can we take from? Mm -hmm. So it's nice to, that's why I still log everything. Everything gets yeah, you Not have budgeted. all the data. It's logged so that we can go back and then go, oh, well, looks like the easiest spot is to cut back going out to eat. Mm-hmm. And so we've had to do that a few times. So in theory, we're not so much budgeting as 
looking at the data and then making a data-driven decision. Mm -hmm. It's not emotional. We don't just say, if you don't track what you're doing, that's a different problem. So uh, you still right. have to have an ability to go back and you either need to budget and then make sure it goes with it or at least log it or have a good, I mean, honestly, credit cards nowadays are awesome at categorizing. You can still even just go look at it big picture there and say like, oh, we spend a lot on entertainment. Something you mentioned, I think that gets to the heart of what we're talking about also is like, as we're talking about relationships, you know, and talking about money with each other, I think the more important thing is even if you're not in a relationship, you find somebody to hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. That's good. Maybe find like a money partner, a budget partner or something. And, mm -hmm. You know, you can kind of work together and trying to save money. I, I guess I've always never really thought about it, but there are people I talk to like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That has been very yeah. beneficial for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mentors of sort and some sometimes just peers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. really I think helped. that would help me a lot more, you know, but mm -hmm. sometimes it's out of sight, out of mind. But it, the more you talk about that thing, the more it's kind of cool within your group or within, you know, you and somebody else then mm -hmm. Absolutely. And yeah. inherently knowing that people like money is a taboo subject. It's like mm -hmm. how do you broach the subject with your bro the first time? Hey, <laughs> Hey, bro, <laughs> we talk about money together. Like, <laughs> oh, my. You wouldn't just First off, you called me bro. Secondly, <laughs> you want to talk about money? <laughs> this is over. But it's no, you new bro, right? <laughs> <laughs> you start the conversation. So I was saving the other day. <laughs> you just need to listen to It's Just Money More. Yeah. You're going to have more conversations about yeah, they, money. Yeah, we are here to have it. So my big, honestly, my probably biggest takeaway is I, I think I've really always thought I don't think I've actually, even though I've, I've really, I think, been part of the education and, and, and been a part of a lot of conversation about this, I don't think I've ever actually tied. I always thought, oh, well, if you're future-oriented enough that it would work, mm -hmm. but it's really not. And it's, then I, if you're like, okay, well, if it's not that, then it's goal-oriented. You have to have a goal, and that's really not that either. It's The meaning is the key to me. It's more clear now. It's more clear to me if that I was subtly working with somebody and I was trying to help them achieve their goals, that I would focus a lot on that and that that would help get them to where they need to be. And then I would try to start weaving that into their kind of sub-narrative and story to themselves and, mm -hmm. and try to bring that out. You know, Ideally, they say it and kind of attach it to it, and then I think they would be better at achieving those goals. And so, you know, I mean, I'm, I think I'm going to start applying that even more when I just think about business owners and working with them on a daily basis. Uh, and maybe I do it naturally a little bit, and I just never noticed. Mm. But that's that really stood out to me as like a concrete thing I should be considering as I work with people. Get off your phone, Raul. <laughs> <laughs> We're recording here, man. Man. <laughs> man. I feel like I he just doesn't care I'm about what we're talking <laughs> about. Hey, man, I'm budgeting right now. <laughs> I'm already on mint.com. <laughs> that just reminded me of uh, one time one of my cousins was on his phone at church and my aunt was like get off that phone and he's like I'm texting Jesus <laughs> <laughs> that's totally your reflection <laughs> Wait, you won't have to text him soon if you don't stop it <laughs> <laughs> now that's the best we response. having a face to face conversation <laughs> thank you for listening or watching it's just money we hope you enjoyed the episode if so, please subscribe so you don't miss out. Also, leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, please comment below. But remember, it's just money. <laughs>